Now, on today's episode, we have Jason and Cricket, who are the owners of the restorative restaurant right here in Dunedin. Uh, I'm excited to meet Jason and Cricket. I've heard nothing but fabulous things about their restaurant. And one thing that is unique about them is they're always changing their menu uh, every couple of days uh, throughout the week. So every time you're going to go there, you're probably going to try something different. And um, like I said, I've heard nothing but great things about um, every dish that they prepare. So um, let's jump right into it and meet Jason and Cricket. Welcome to another episode of Palm Harbor Local. I'm your host, Florida native and real estate ninja, Donnie Hathaway. You know, I started this podcast because I'm extremely passionate about connecting you with the people and the local businesses that make Palm Harbor so special. Palm Harbor, Florida is a great place to call home. It has everything you could dream of from the food, the outdoors, the lifestyle to the people in the community. Now through this podcast and Instagram, I've been able to make some incredible connections and I want to invite you to come follow me on Instagram. It's at Donnie.Hathaway where I share all the best places to live, work and play in beautiful Palm Harbor. So welcome, Jason and Cricket. I appreciate you guys jumping on the podcast today and, and kind of um, you know talking about what you guys do here at the Restorative. I'm excited to learn more about the Restorative and, and this concept and stuff. It's pretty unique, you know, uh, to our area for sure. So um, why don't we start there? Just kind of introduce yourselves and, and you know tell us what uh, what the Restorative is. Yeah. So uh, I'm Jason, and my uh, wife Cricket is here as well. We're co-owners and chefs of the Restorative. Um, basically we run a small menu that we change two to three, two to three times a week, depending on how busy we are, the busier we are, the more often it changes. And we don't adhere to any set rules. People always ask like what our specialty is or, uh, you know, you know, kind of what our concept is and our concept literally just is change the menu as much as possible. Try not to repeat dishes. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's globally inspired or locally inspired. We just do kind of whatever we think is right at the moment. So where did, where did that idea come from? Like, uh, we get bored really easily <laughs> after we see a dish go up like 10 times. We're kind of already sick of it. Yeah. So basically, that's almost how we do our prep. We prep like maybe 10, 20 of an item. And once it's sold out, then we're forced to, to move it. on to newer yeah. Uh, ideas. Yeah. So I'm sure that creates challenges too, as far as like keeping up and like always changing the menu. Like where are you getting the food from? I think for us, it's almost easier because we're changing it so often, oh, yeah. especially like this past year where sourcing has been so hard. I think if you're locked into certain menu items and not being able to get ingredients would have been stressful. Um, because we change mm. it all the time. Like if we go to the store and they don't have something we thought, then we just write a new dish. So I think sometimes it's a little bit easier. Yes. Yeah. I mean, also part of the reason why we change the menu so often, it's got to deal with the law of diminishing return. Um, basically, if someone has a dish here and they think it's like the best thing they ever had, if they come back in two weeks, no matter if we do everything exactly the same, everything with the same ingredients, everything with the same technique, We'll never be able to compete with what is in that person's mind of what they thought was a fantastic yeah, dish. Right, so right. that kind of helps us to not get into that. Well, last time I was here, it was a lot better. Yeah. And that's probably the hardest thing of a restaurant is just being consistent with your meals, right? Like having the same, like you said, like the, you know, producing the same uh, experience every single time that, that that person comes back in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I honestly give a lot of credit to restaurants who have been, you know, running the same menu for a long period of time. I don't understand how they do that and keep guests happy. So we just don't try to do it that way. Yeah. And we don't have a big staff. So we're doing a lot of things ourselves and just like 
no one wants to do the same thing at work every single day. It right. just gets monotonous right. and you're like being there. So yeah, peeling asparagus every day is an awful experience. Yeah. So what is what is your background? Like um like before opening up this business, um, how did you kind of get into, you know, being a chef and restaurant owners? Um I started work like when I was like 13, 14 at Krabby Bills. Started nice. as a busser. And okay. by the time I was 15, I was cooking in the kitchen. Uh, worked for them for four years. And honestly, I think I learned more in those four years working at Krabby Bills than anywhere else ever worked. Just from you know having a sense of urgency and making sure your station is clean. That's helped all the way through through my career. And then I kind of worked for anybody who is anybody in this area. Um, and in my 20s, I traveled for about a decade working seasonally, worked for a lot of great chefs on Martha's Vineyard, Nantucket, and uh, down in Puerto Rico. That's right. We met in Nantucket. Um, I had gone to culinary school and I was on my externship in Nantucket and I worked for Jason there. And then I went back to school for my second year. Uh, and Jason called me to work for him on Martha's Vineyard and I told him that I did not want to work for him. On Martha's yeah, Vineyard. you said you'd never work for me ever again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is what I said. Um, and nice. I ended up in um, a club setting on Martha's Vineyard still. And it just wasn't the style of food that I was used to or that I wanted to be doing. And so I ended up going back to work for Jason for less money than he had originally offered me. And then we kind of worked Ruthless. together <laughs> ever she, since. She should have taken the job the first time. I had I mean, to work within a budget. He offered the first time was gone. So I, I took like a roundsman job. So yeah. we worked for a few different places on Martha's Vineyard. I would go to Charleston in between. And then sometimes Jason would be at a restaurant and I would go back up and work with him. Cool. So you guys have lots of different experience and, and stuff like that. What do you what do you enjoy um, about being a, a chef? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just I've always done it. I, I mean, I, 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 I do not enjoy the prep part of it. I know that much, uh, especially as I get older, doing the prep for some reason is just not that I'm above it by any means. It's just for some reason, I don't find it enjoyable, but it has to get done. I think just the, kind of the instant gratification of putting something up and letting someone like see them enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of what the payoff is for me. I think it's kind of like I did construction for a little bit with my dad, like, and I did demo. So just knocking down a wall and having it done at the end of the day, like, that's the gratification. Right. Of it. That's, that's the reward. That's instant. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, but I feel like that's why I like the prep. Because <laughs> you come in and it's like all these wrong ingredients and a few hours later, like just like the physical, like this is what I've done today. Yeah. Do you want to like, do all my prep today then? Absolutely not. Yeah. I want to do my prep. <laughs> I like doing my things. I don't like your job. Yeah. So we do different things. <laughs> so what what goes into the prep of a restaurant for someone who hasn't you know worked in a restaurant? Like what does all that entail? Well, I mean, it starts kind of with writing the menu obviously um and then it goes to purchasing and we get a lot of questions about our purchasing uh i don't know what it is people think that we're like locally sourced organic and we really want i think it's because we make everything in house so people tend to think that means that we are farm to table or organic just because we're not like reheating frozen products yeah we just always make sure to debunk it we uh our purchasing strategy is the best product at the best price and then we look at location if i can get the best black cod from the other coast at the best price i'm gonna have it flown over yeah. um you know but if i happen to find you know the best snapper that's right here at a great price then obviously i'm gonna use the snapper yeah um after that you know we, we do our purchasing everything comes in um 
And you basically start your day with your big projects first. Anything that takes hours, like before we started this podcast, I got a braise in the oven because I know it's going to take four to five hours. Sure. Um, and as you get closer to service, you're winding down and doing the smaller things, getting to garnishes, finishing sauces, stuff like that. And then that's one question we get a lot because we're open um, five to eight and people ask, like, well, do you have another job? Like, why are yeah. your hours so limited? And I mean, we're here all day, every day, like. Um, it's just during the day, it's just us and our sous chef, Tom. So, I mean, everything from sweeping the floors to cleaning the bathrooms, all of the stuff that gets goes into getting the dining room set up and then all of the cooking and the typing, the menus and the social media that is, you know, kind of all hands on deck all the time. Thank God for Tom, by the way. Yeah. Tom, Tom will be here in a few minutes and he is. Yeah. He, he makes our non bread every day. That's the only thing that has to be done every single day. So he's in, in charge of the non bread. Nice. So why, um, so you guys, the business opened up in, in 2017, the restaurant opened in 2017. What led you guys to want to open up your own restaurant? We didn't want to. You didn't want to. No, it was sort of a necessity. We worked at really, really great places uh, outside of Florida. We were yeah. definitely spoiled with the people we worked for, the places we worked at before moving here. Yeah, when we moved back, and this is not a knock on Pinellas <laughs> County or the local area. Um, for me, it seemed like not a lot had changed in the food scene in okay. nearly a decade. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's always been great places in, in Pinellas and in Dunedin, but not places where we felt that we could work and excel. Um, so our other options were going to be to either find a job in Tampa or find a job in St. Pete. We live in Dunedin. We live a minute away from the restaurant. Awesome. Um, and because she's a pastry chef, she would most likely work mornings. And what I do is mostly nights. So we would like never see each other yeah. ever. Um, and we didn't, we didn't want that life. We didn't want to work 12 hours a day and have an hour commute on either end of it. Um, so we did what we said we'd never, ever do. And we Open used our own money <laughs> and opened a restaurant. And it's been great. It's, it's been fantastic. <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. So you guys have a... Uh you know, a small place, but obviously, you know, a well-established place and a, a place that makes really good food and a lot of people love. And it's something that you never thought you would do as far as like open up a restaurant. I, I always said I'd do it with somebody else's money. And if anyone's listening uh, wants to give us money to do something else. You open up a second location? I don't know about a second location. Oh, okay. uh, we, uh, I, I don't want to say we're too controlling, but we're but we're too controlling. We're too controlling. <laughs> we're, uh, we're very hands-on owners. I mean, one of us is in the building at all times. Yeah. Um, if one of us is sick, we close. Like I mean, we're we're generally both here. Jason's yeah. here more because we've got toddler at home, so I kind of in back and forth. But I don't think we've ever had a time that one of us is not in the building. Yeah. What is that like? Uh, like running a restaurant you know, and, and raising a family at the same time. I want you to meet Kaylin from K Coastal Designs. K Coastal Designs is a local graphic design company that specializes in logos and branding. Kaylin will create custom designs ranging from logos and t-shirts to business cards and social media graphics and much, much more. She will also create custom mural art for your public and private wall spaces. For all your design needs, call Kaylin today at 727-771-3701. Or email her at kcoastaldesigns at gmail.com. I mean, I'm very lucky that Cricket's a fabulous mother to her son. Um, you know, becoming a father is something I'm definitely growing into. 
uh, probably slower than my wife would like me to, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm here most of the time, so I, I get to see him on on my day off. Sometimes in the mornings, if he's not going to daycare, I get to spend time with him. So that that's fantastic. Well, that yeah. was part of the motive for opening our own place. Um, up until recently, he would take naps in the office, so he was here. Oh, yeah. Um, he's got like a booster seat for a bar stool. He'll sit at the bar and throw his toys at Tom. He loves Tom. He's really into our sous chef. Cool. Anytime he sees a bag of flour in the grocery store, he says Tom's name. Um, <laughs> so when we can have him here with us at certain points during the day, we don't actually allow children. So he does get kicked out at 5 p.m. like any yeah. other um, child just because their dining room is so small. Um, but it's definitely, I think, easier to have the work home balance being an owner. And, you know, Yeah, if we were working for somebody else, I mean... As anyone in the industry knows, it's it's long hours and it's it's grueling and and having a family life. If we were working for somebody else, I think it would be a lot more difficult. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, you're you're not flexible at that point, right? So now, like you guys can control your hours, you can control control when yeah. you're open, when you come in, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I that's mean, part for- of the reason we changed to closing at eight. We um, our sous chef also has. A- young son he's almost two right yep yeah he's almost, almost two. two yeah um so he gets home earlier you know to his wife and kids and i mean usually as soon as the last desserts go out i'm on the floor at night and i just say goodbye to my tables and i say like we've got a toddler at home and i'm gonna go home put him to bed and most of our guests are really respectful of them they're like yeah. oh that's awesome go home and leave and very cool tom and jason get stuck here cleaning up so yeah. it works out well yeah. there's like things like you know as his birthday our son just passed recently we closed the entire weekend just so we could celebrate it with yeah. him and you know He's too, not that he cares, but we do. So yeah. Yeah. Those are those are the, the precious moments that you want want to be around for. So um, so what about the location like in Dunedin? Because you know, Dunedin it has like the downtown, you know, strip and every and that's where like a lot of the restaurants are. And that so is you guys, not where we are. Yeah, <laughs> we we're kind of off the beaten path. We're in the bit. armpit of Dunedin. <laughs> the armpit. Actually, my my you know, Cricket found this location. Um, you know, I, I grew up here. And yeah. when she told me, you know, the plaza near the Dodge store, not knocking the Dodge store. They got great fried chicken. I've never had it sober, but their breakfast sandwiches are fantastic. But, um, you know, growing up, like we would go shoulder tapping at the Dodge store underage to get booze. Like that's what I remember about the Dodge <laughs> store is like either you're going there to buy booze or you're going there to eat chicken after imbibing booze. Mm-hmm. So at first I just was like, absolutely not. And then as time went on and obviously downtown real estate is. It's downtown real estate. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we called the landlord and asked what the rent was, and he told us, and I was like, "I'll sign today." Yeah, like it's it's really, really quite affordable, and our you know our landlord's been good to us, you know. But you know, I remember in the beginning opening up, and people would come in and be like, well, "My friends aren't getting out of the car in this neighborhood." And I'm like, are you kidding? It's Dunedin. You know, like the worst part of Dunedin is still Dunedin. Right. right. Since we've opened, we've seen a lot of new businesses in this area, which is nice. I mean, right after we opened a few months, um, but it's now Studio 3 opened up like a bar in Pilates Studio. Um, Fusion Street Eatery opened up next door. But you plug to Fusion Street Eatery. Their freaking tacos are amazing. We we eat their food multiple times a week. uh, A couple weeks ago. Oh, my God. Um, Like Dunedin Records moved into our plaza. So we're starting to see more businesses come over to Patricia, which is just kind of beneficial for everyone over here to kind of remind Dunedin that there is more there's, downtown. There's, yeah. And it's easier to find parking on Patricia. So that works yeah. out. Yeah. And, and right, you just, you create a good product and, and people will come to it kind of no matter where you're at. Yeah, we went with the Field of Dreams. Uh, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. <laughs> and please, please keep coming. Yeah. 
Uh, and, and like you said, we're starting to see more businesses, even more restaurants like open up like in Dunedin, Palm Harbor, like outside of like the downtown areas and stuff. That are- yeah, it's it's really an affordability thing. I mean, a lot of the restaurants in downtown have been there for a long time, you know, and either they got in with you know lower yeah, rents or right. they, you know, I'm going to assume that most of them probably own their buildings by now. Right, right. Um, so it makes it easy for them to do business down there. But for, you know, people who are starting up or people who are younger or not established, you know, finding these odd locations, you know, is the only thing that you really, really can do. Yeah. And, and we've been very, very lucky. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so let's talk about like COVID and, and kind of that experience, like as a restaurant, like going through that and, and kind of what you guys had to deal with, uh, being a smaller restaurant too. Yeah. I mean, we, really didn't close down right or did we close down for we, didn't we, close we went to take out and it was you know a, a lot of restaurants and didn't even close like just they didn't know what to do just closed and me and chris from fusion street next door i think we're like one of a the handful of restaurants week, open like the first every restaurant in Dunedin just closed um and i think also because we spent so much time in new england we have a lot lots of friends who were working up there so we were kind of talking to people in other states they kind of went yeah. through first. So I feel like we were kind of prepared, like this is going to happen. We actually, we switched concepts the week before Florida was shut down um, because we're so small and our product's a little more higher end. What we do here now doesn't translate to takeout. So we decided yeah. that week before we switched concepts, we called it um, the temporary and we did um, pasta. So that week uh. and we let kids in that week, we did dine in. And we did take out. We did both that first week. And it was that Thursday or Friday the state shut down. Um, so we kind of were lucky that we had made that switch and we weren't sitting on really expensive product that then had to get wasted. Our thing was if they close us all together, we're sitting on pasta. Yeah. We're sitting on things that if they tell us we can't even take out, that we could afford you know, to lose that product. So Yeah, we pivoted at like the exact right yeah. time. And for the first couple of weeks doing takeout, like... Our regulars really came out. We saw a lot of new people. Um, I think a lot of it, like I said, a lot of restaurants closed. And that for like two weeks, I'm like, oh my God, did I totally misread like our business model? And then as everyone reopened, it went back to kind of kind of normal, what we, we expected it to be. But um, it was fun. Uh, the only downside of, you know, doing takeout for us was having a telephone. Uh, that's right. one thing we don't have here is a telephone. We don't want to be tied to the restaurant 24-7. Yep. Uh, but for those handful of weeks, we had a phone. And the day I got to shut it off, I was so happy. <laughs> I mean, we had people calling at like 7 a.m. to place dinner orders. Oh, really? We are not. We're not at work yet. <laughs> yeah. We haven't gone to shopping yet. We don't yeah. know what the menu is, let alone we can't. I think that was order. the hardest thing for us with COVID was the sourcing. Um, because we're so small, we don't work with a lot of purveyors like other restaurants do. We can't hit those minimums. We only have one fridge, so we don't have the storage. Uh-huh. Um, we go to Dunedin Fresh Market here on Patricia Avenue. They made yeah. the decision to close during COVID. Um, and I know a lot of people remember grocery shopping during COVID and things you couldn't get things. There was limits yeah. on certain things. And we're trying to buy for a restaurant when you can only buy two boxes of pasta. You can only get... So I think that was definitely hard for us. There was some days that it was like, we can't tell you what shape of pasta you're going to get, but like this yeah. is the sauce because we've got a bunch of different boxes of different kinds because we get two of each kind. Crazy. So it was almost like beneficial that you guys, like the way your menu and why everything is set up, that you guys are flexible and like what you're offering. 
Yeah, know? absolutely. But also, I mean, I a lot of other restaurants became flexible during that yeah, time too. Yeah. I think everyone kind of, you know, everyone did what they had to do. And I yeah, think everyone yeah, had to. Yeah, everyone, you know, it seemed like they did a good job of making sure that they were able to keep at least some of their staff on. Yeah. Um, we're lucky we're so small staff. So we let go of our dishwasher for a month and he came back afterwards. But other than that, because it's just us and Tom, we were able to pull through. I also think people, at least in Dunedin and Palm Harbor, I can't, we don't have many other regulars from outside of those areas, really were into supporting the local businesses. Yeah. It seemed like everyone, all of my friends were like constantly getting takeout and posting about it and sharing about other businesses. And that sense of community, I think, during the shutdown was really cool to see. Kind mm-hmm. of like everyone just like supporting all of the local businesses. People like people weren't leaving bad reviews. It was like everyone being really understanding. Yeah, stuff Yelp basically died, and I was so happy for that. <laughs> yeah. That was like no reviews. Like yeah. I just I was like, yes, nobody go back to using Yelp ever again, please. Yeah, yeah right. Um, yeah, that that was huge, and and I think like you said, cricket, like just the the sense of community, um, especially here in Dunedin. I think, and that's just grown like after COVID and stuff. Like just really supporting the small business community. Um, it's pretty cool, pretty cool to see. So what has, um, so since you grew up here, Jason, what have you, what's like something that's, that's changed that you've noticed since you've been back? Cause like going away and, and then coming back, I'm sure you've noticed some changes. <laughs> I don't think it's changed that much wow. to be honest. Minus, minus some of the new, uh, developments in downtown. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of businesses are the same from, you know, when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that's changed, you know, I hear a lot of people say that the population's grown in Dunedin, mm-hmm. which it really hasn't. And I won't get into the census stuff. Uh, if you come sit at the bar, he will. I will tell you, you all about it. <laughs> but I think the one thing I noticed is there's definitely more traffic. More people are coming to Dunedin to do business, to go to restaurants. Um, and from I, outside areas. From outside areas. Yeah. You know, people yeah. coming from Palm Harbor, right. even Tampa, St. Pete. I yeah. mean, um, besides that, just the, the sheer amount of breweries we have now, I think is probably one of the biggest changes. Yeah. You know, growing up, I think it was only to need brewery yeah. down there as far as I can remember, Yeah, which congratulations to them, by the way, they just celebrated 25, 25 years. years. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now there's what eight. So I guess that's a big change. The breweries. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, yeah. maybe that's the <laughs> biggest thing I've noticed, but I guess it minus some new developments, which I'm happy that, you know, there are buildings going up i know some people in Dunedin are not yeah. happy about yeah. that and i i get it from one point but as a business owner i want to see Dunedin grow i want yeah right more people in our own backyard to you know come not just support our business but other businesses as well yeah yeah i think you attract like you said you, you attract more people from just outside your, your local area and then people vacationing here as well yeah you, know, you get those people in too so um yeah it's pretty cool to see you know, some of these new businesses pop up, like the, the breweries and stuff. There's obviously a big um a big push there for for the breweries in Dunedin. So so when you guys are not working or not here at the restaurant, what are you guys doing? What do you enjoy doing in Dunedin? In Dunedin? Or or outside Dunedin. Q Southern Barbecue. Q Southern, yeah. We go there probably almost once a week. Yeah. For barbecue. What do you get there? Well, we're never right. there on a Friday or a Saturday because we're working, but the burnt ends are the best. Uh, yeah. but they're only Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I like the brisket. I like the smoked chicken wings. Oh, so I saw them post about that yesterday. <clears throat> um, yeah. And our, our 
our son likes the chicharrones. He calls them cookies, which yeah, I yeah. think is hilarious. Yeah, he calls them pork cookies. So we always get some pork cookies over nice. there. Yeah. So Q Southern, what else do you guys like to do? I we're really homebodies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my couch <laughs> is now with the family. Yeah. I I could just sit on my couch and watch movies and, and be totally happy yeah. just to kind of disconnect from everything altogether. Um yeah, no, we don't. You know, people always ask, what do you do? What do you do? Like, I'm like, I don't know, nothing. Like, we work. cook, yeah. (laughs) And then we go home and, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. And we're happy with it. Like, you know, I know some people who work all the time and have very little time off. They get kind of grumpy. But for us, it's just like, this is what we enjoy doing. Yeah, for sure. This is your passion, right? So, um, what what has been a challenge of, you know, being a restaurant owner, owning your own business, um, that you guys have experienced the past past few years i think we're definitely just a different kind of restaurant than a lot of guests are used to um yeah. i feel like for a long time the restaurant industry has said yes to everything and that we don't say yes to everything um we're kind of very much like we make what we make and if you want to do a bunch of substitutions then it's not what we make anymore and it's not going to be as good and so we do say no to things sometimes yeah. so i think sometimes people are taking it back i mean that being said um we had a woman in last night who put a note on her reservation that she can't have dairy or gluten. And we, you know, we know ahead of time we can accommodate, but they're just, we know what we do well and we know what we don't do well. And if, you know, someone's on some like crazy keto diet and they want all of these things they can and can't eat, like we're, we're not the place for you right now. And so that's sometimes an awkward conversation to have, but you know. Yeah. There's only a couple things that we won't do. And when we have to address those, you know, we feel bad, but also there's plenty of other restaurants that do those things and yeah. do them well. And we know what those restaurants are. And we can always give recommendations. Right. Okay. Maybe don't dine with us, but you should go check out these guys because they do what you want. Yeah. Um, and it's like you, you niche down to like what you guys do well and what you want to do. And then you just attract you know, those, those type of, of people that enjoy coming to a restaurant like this, you know? Yeah, I know. Um, we have some people reach about vegan food sometimes, and that's just not our area of expertise, but Care yeah. Care downtown does great vegan food. So uh-huh. we're happy to send them, you know, I think you should go to someone for what they do and what they do well. Yeah. And, you know, it's not how we like to eat. So it's not how we like to cook. I mean, rather someone go to someone who's going to make them that great vegan meal than so. And that's kind of a challenge. You have like people sometimes who don't understand that. But yeah, other than that, we've been—I don't know—we've been very lucky. I mean, I—I I knew the business end fairly well already, just from you know running other people's restaurants for yeah, you know, a very long time. Uh, Cricket had a great grasp on social media already, so that kind of played in very well for us. Sure. I mean, we knew how to cook. I mean, that was the easy part. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I mean, we also got lucky with a lot of really great regulars right off the bat um, when we first opened, and some of our regulars have changed with COVID and things like that. But I mean, we had we have a lot of people who come every single week. Yeah, they come every single week they sit at the bar, and you know, and we like that sense of familiarity. But you know, they also are very much why we're still here is those people who come constantly yeah. and not just for the birthdays and anniversaries so we're grateful to which have please you. still just come for birthdays and anniversaries if that's what you want to do we're yeah. okay with that as well yeah but it's nice to have the 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 repeat customers absolutely right. i mean yeah. that's i for any any business right I think exactly that's, that's kind of that's what you're the looking goal. for yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep awesome well i appreciate you guys jumping on the podcast like i said um how can people find you follow you uh where can they come in and, and eat some of your food 
Uh, Jason, do you know what our Instagram handle is? I do not. (laughs) Instagram is always the best way. Um, It's at the underscore restorative. Um, We're also on Facebook. We have information on our website. I would just say Instagram is usually where we're sharing the most things. Uh, We update the menu on our website every Tuesday, but um, there's usually changes by Saturday. So usually um, we'll post pictures on Instagram, little videos in the story. So it's kind of the best way to know kind of what's new and going on. Yeah, awesome. And they got to make a reservation to come in, right? Or you do have open seats. We highly recommend reservations. Yeah. And you can do that through talk. And I'm sure there's links to that, to everything social media wise that I know nothing about. (laughs) Yeah, we have a very small space available for walk ins if someone didn't make the reservation and they want to swing by. um, But we do recommend the walk ins or the reservations just because we're so small. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank thank you you so much. So I really hope you enjoyed that conversation today. Be sure to hit that follow button for Palm Harbor Local on your favorite podcast platform and download the episode as you listen in. To learn more about the life in Palm Harbor area, then follow me on Instagram. It's at Donnie.Hathaway. Have a great week and we'll talk to you soon.